Hi, this is Carrie, and welcome to Tandem Talks, a podcast meant to empower you to live your life your way. And I'm Craig. Join us as we go deeper with entrepreneurs and their journey creating success in business and life. Welcome back to Tandem Talks. We are so excited for the double date that we are on with Lisa and Eric Pizik out of the nearest Toronto area. They are in Canada. They came all the way from Canada to be with us today. And they've got a really neat, compelling story. Lisa actually has a background as a former nurse. She's a global speaker, a two-time best-selling author, which is amazing. So hats off to you, Lisa. Um, Eric is a tech extraordinaire. Also, um, you know, brand equity builder, which I want to dive into that more and understand that better, as well as a creative director. And what they've done is really joined forces. And with their 20 plus years of experience, our, you know, marketing duo, a marketing team, and really help people with all things branding, digital marketing, copywriting, speaking. Um, their company is called Infinite Design House. And what I love about who they serve is really established businesses that just have too much on their plate. And I think a lot of businesses can attest to that. So I'm really eager to dive into your journey. It's always very cool to connect with couples who clearly have an aligned vision and values and work habits. So we want to dig into that side of things too, but thank you for being on. And if you want to just to brief us a bit more on the journey and where you're at and how you serve people through Infinite Design House, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having us. So we were actually at, um, it was a Super Bowl Sunday and we were having craft beer after a mastermind event that we were at. And we were, you know, it was chaos. People were screaming at the TV and beers were flowing. And in the midst of the chaos, we were paying no attention to any of that. And we were looking at mapping out literally on napkins. I think we were like using napkins as the pieces of like, what are we doing? Like what? are we actually doing in our business and our life? Cause we're doing a whole lot of things and we're making a whole lot of money and we're doing all sorts of things, but do we want to keep, is this where we want the next 10 years to look like? Like, is this really making us happy? And we realized it wasn't because we, we were not working hard or we were not, not focused. We weren't leveraging the skill sets that we both had and really allowing each other to, to really stay in our lane in the things that we're great at, but come together to serve people. So, which is so funny because in every other part of our life, we are parenting together, we're mm-hmm. building our home together, building our life together, right in front of our nose and didn't see it. And we went, okay, what's the journey of this established business owner? We were actually helping some newbies at that time. And we were like, ah, we don't want to help the newbies anymore. They need so much work and so much stuff. (laughs) Like, love you dearly, but we really want to get in with those people that we don't have to convince that they shouldn't be doing all these things. They're ready. They're going, oh my God, just because I can doesn't mean I should. Mm-hmm. And we were mapping out, okay, what's the journey of the entrepreneur? And we're like, well, they need the strategy or the business owner or the solopreneur or the side hustler or whatever it is. And we thought, well, of course they need to know who they are, who they serve, what they want their vision of their life to be like so it's aligned. And then they need to be speaking to that with their content. They need to be visible. They need to be connecting with people. And then after that, it's like, what is that? 
offering, that one core offering, and then the tech. We're like, everybody gets stuck with how it looks and the tech and putting it together. And you hear people going, yeah, I'm building this course. I'm just not building this course. And it's like a year later and they're like, I'm still building this course. (laughs) And we're like, oh man, there are people sitting and waiting that need this course and need this genius, but you won't get out of your own way Mm. because you're trying to do it all yourself or you're trying to band-aid and, and, and do some of it, but hire out some of it and do a little more of it, but then not. And it's really like a cog in the wheel. So I was taking on the strategy content clients and you were taking on all the branding tech lead generation side. side. And we were actually running like separate businesses at the time. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh my God, why don't we do this together? This is so cool. <laughs> like, oh, hey, we should like, we should do this together. You oh my God. Well, yeah, it was, we got to a point, I remember, we got to a point where like Lisa would have calls and then she'd be like, halfway through the call, she'd be like, honey, do you, do you have a minute? Can you just jump yeah. into this call? And I'd be like, sure. And I'd be, you know, and then it'd be like taking over. Well, I talked to them about strategy. They get that. I talked to them about how to build their business. They get that. I talked about what we can do. They get that but now I don't know how to continue to finish the conversation. So I would jump in and then I would be the opposite. I'd be like, listen, I can help you build this sucker. I can make it look like a million bucks, but I don't really coach you on video and sales. only I knew somebody. Wait a second, honey, can you come come and sit on this call for me? But it was, it was being at a mastermind and being with a mentor and things stirring up uh, that clarity and that mm-hmm. vision. It's so funny when we were in it and we were working and we were doing and we were serving and we were in all the things, we couldn't see it. Yeah. And it took getting away from that, getting a change of environment, a change of scenery, being fully immersed, being fully present, you know, having a great mentor spark some questions that allowed us to see that what we have is really unique because it's kind of like three companies in one. Yeah. It's a strategy in the content marketing and then it's the digital marketing and the branding and all the assets. And then it's like the social and the lead generation and all of that. And it can be hard to try to find all three of those and find qualified, intelligent, great people to do that. And then sometimes they feel like they just got to keep telling their story over again and people kind of get it and they don't get it and then it's so easy for one side to kind of blame the other side and say well this doesn't work because of this and we're like you know what we're just gonna come in and manage all of it and we used to just kind of I described it as like uh there's like a hole in the boat and the boat's sinking and you're just like plugging in the hole in the boat and people would say like hey I want to build a course and we're like fantastic we can build a course for you start to finish We'll do it all together. How you build the whole boat. Yeah. Because we're like, well, how are you going to get eyeballs on that? And what's your authority? And then where are you taking them next? With with continuity, you've created continuity for people, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. One-stop shop for people. Simplified the process. And so just for the the audience purpose, just anyone is listening in this. So you're, you're serving companies that probably do like a million in sales to... 10 million or 50 million, somewhere in that range, the SMB market, more or less small yeah. business market, right? Okay. hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Health, wellness, medical, spiritual tend to be um, the, the places as that of we, late. as yeah. of late that we, 
have been serving, but yeah, they're doing a mill plus, um, have, have a team, have the right, right mindset, have success, um, you know, already in it, they're in the game and they're not trying have, to figure. Yeah. And typically have like a proven track record, like proven sales. And they have a system in place that is working, but they're looking to say, well, how do we make this bigger and better? Yeah. That's how really do we level up? that kind of zone. So, so I think I don't cut off too much, but I want to kind of dive back because a lot of our listeners are not there yet. Right. Yeah. But I, we want to let people know what you do, because if there are in that bucket, let's make sure they reach out to you. Um, but then to get to that space, right. So, cause we, we know a lot of people who've built businesses that make 10 grand or 20 grand or 30 grand a year. Right. And they're able to make maybe a little cash flow from it. Let's talk about how we go from that to like what you guys have done or what you've seen other people do, you know, or like I have the commercial bank background, we built our own business. How, like, just like lay it on us. Like, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people make as they're going yeah. from like, got that little business, that side hustle to like elevating, like what comes to your mind and um, like, how can they remedy maybe those top couple things, whatever sticks mm-hmm. out maybe. You go first. Okay. The first one for me, and I've, I've lived through this, so I can attest to it, is realizing your own value and putting that value to a time. Mm-hmm. So I, just because you can do something doesn't mean you always should. Right. And I used to, I used to be the one who would design anything and everything. I would design websites. I would design business cards. I would design logos. I would, where I'm getting at is that time could take me 10 hours. And in the end of it, I realized that I was spending 10 hours to make, let's say $500. When today, if you jump forward, you know, I'll spend 10 hours and I might make 10 grand. That was a huge aha positioning for me to realize that I can't always be the one doing the work. Right. Because if I'm just doing the work, I'm going to tap out. I'm only going to make that much income and that much impact to be doing that work. Yeah. And I think it goes back to getting really clear on the things that you and only you can do in your business. So when I do X income impact, Joy goes up in the business. When I do X, I don't even need to be doing X. Someone else could do X or it sucks the life out of me or I despise it or I hate it. Like a lot of times for people, I say, you are typically the face of your business. People connect with you. So I want you on video. I want you on social media. I want you forward facing but who posts it and reshares it and takes it and who brands it and who all of that, someone else can do that for you. And that, that just because you can, doesn't mean you should always stuck with me. And a lot of times people say, well, no one can, no one can write my copy. We get that all the time. Nobody can write my copy. Sure. They can a very dialed in smart you know, copywriter that's good at what they do can absolutely, like you guys might've said, nobody can edit our book. Nobody knows our content. Sure they can. Sometimes they make it even better than you could have ever made it, but it's letting go of that control. 
Which is so hard as a business owner sometimes. Like, I think we all can agree on that. That is not easy when it's your baby, right? I was just going to say that. It's because it's like your baby. baby. When you're not with your babies, if you have babies, you're pouring all your love and attention and time into this. And it can be really hard to let go of that control, which is why I like to describe your brand emotion is so important. You always have to know when you're hiring somebody, do they have the same um, like intent that you have? So like when we hire for our team, we're like, listen, we're about excellence. We're about if you wouldn't put it out for your own business, don't put it out for our clients. If you need another week to rewrite the copy, you designed it, but you were tired and your kids were at you and it wasn't your best work. Tell us that you need another day or two to put out your best work. Right. So when you say to someone, Hey, I'm going to let you write my copy, but it's really important that you understand these are the emotions that I want people to feel. This is what's really important to me. People can do a great job when we let them in and we tell them mm-hmm. how we want people to feel what's important to us. When we let them do their job, they will do it well when you have that great communication. So I think a lot of times people go, well, I can't. I have to be the one that does my social media. I have to be the one that writes my copy. I'm really good in Canva. I know, but back to the the 10 hours you spent in Canva, if you put that 10 hours towards something that you and only you can do, like a sales call or a podcast or an inner, you know, something. Some LinkedIn outreach. Where could that attention and time go? So you got to well, get ready. And I think, uh, yeah. I think it's even more complicated because Eric, your statement of I could, but should I, it's I could, and I could do it really freaking well, but yeah. should I? Because yeah. you're clearly very talented, both of you at what you do, but what can you delegate? And delegation is such a skill in itself. Mm-hmm. And I think we have struggled with that, especially early on in the journey. And even sometimes today, like delegating does take upfront investment too. And just being up for like really training someone in well, vetting them well, um, in a sense, early on micromanaging a little bit to make sure that the product um, meets the needs and meets your standards so that it's not a bad experience for you or the other party involved. Mm-hmm. But I think it's such an important space and evolution to get to so that you're not doing a bunch of like small things that someone else can do. You can go play with your son or play with your new puppy or do all the things that like the reasons you started a business in the first place, right? 100%. Even the things around the house, like we pay a gardener, we have a house cleaner. I'm like, sometimes that goes towards the business. Sometimes that does yeah. go towards going to the lake or going to the park. Yeah. Um, and that person, they love what they do. Our house cleaner loves to clean houses. Our gardener loves to be in the garden. Like when you empower people and you let them help you, they, they want to help you and do a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard when you're good at it to let it go. I totally agree. I want to add one thing quick too, to Craig's initial kind of question comment. And this is something that we still do today. So when looking at scaling our business and growing a lot of times, this is specific more to the service industry than, you know, e-commerce or, you know, based on products, we don't stop and look at, the success of a project or the success of a client relationship and really look at it from an outward inward perspective to say, what went so damn well? Why was this so amazing? And why was it, why were we able to charge our top dollar 
with this client? How do we replicate that? And I think, you know, back to the time comment and things like that, staying in your business, but really looking inward and analyzing to say, if I can identify this type of ideal client or avatar for my business and say no, which is huge because we don't do this, to the ones who don't match that and just say, I wish you luck, God bless. You're going to be an amazing client for somebody else. But for me, I need to open this door for the, mm-hmm. for the person who needs me right now to come in. Yeah, you, you, you don't have an, in the beginning, you're just hustling and you just want more business and you want more clients and you want take more anything. money and you'll take anything and you'll say yes to everything. And cause you're excited about the opportunity and then it becomes, there's so many yeses. Mm. So how do you find that right? Yes. And I think that's really key to scaling. And that goes a lot with your values and who you want to be spending your time with. Yeah. We were the same, like in the simplest sense, we're like, we like to have fun. So if you're going to be this like no emotion shell of a human, I don't know if this is going to work. That's not your avatar. (laughs) No, the, sh- the shell of a human. No, that's not. <laughs> you know, like it's it's just, or if you're not going to release control, like you yeah. have to trust. You have to trust. Right. And I actually had to learn that as a delegator, that when we hired a copywriter, I had to let them do their thing and not dive in and try to fix it if something went wrong. Uh, I think the other piece too, though, is what's that where they say like hire, hire slowly and fire quickly. I think that that's important too. And that when you're building your team, so that's a key thing to scale is they'll, they'll come a point when you can't do it all yourself. Mm -hmm. You need, whether it's the simplest thing is you're just getting a VA or an assistant or someone to help you do something. I think that was one of the biggest mistakes we made is we didn't want to hurt people's feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, we were like, maybe we'll just train them more and we'll just put more, more videos and more time. Give them another chance. Give them another chance. And, you know, when you, maybe other people don't make that mistake, but we did. And we didn't, we didn't. Yeah. Now we're just really focused on making sure that the right quality of people are, are with us along the ride. And it's just better for everyone. You know what I mean? 100%. It's almost like a confidence that you can bring on people to have confidence in them, right? Like you have to have confidence in yourself to be able that, Hey, I can vet and find the right people. But first I think people have to go through a naive churn of, Oh, they're good. They're a nice person. They're great. They're excited. Like I like them. Awesome. Let's be business partners or let let's hire you. And it's like, I've seen that over and over and over again. And even in myself, I, I find that yeah, we have too. that propensity to be like, oh, they're great. They're nice. And it's like, but what have they actually accomplished? Oh. Really early on, you'll know, you'll know really early on most of the time, unless they have some really weird psychological issues, they're able to suppress for an extended period of time or something like, you know, early on, like, this is not, this is not the right fit. Yeah. yeah, I had a mentor say to me, Lisa, you know what your problem is? You fall in love with people's potential. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I do. <laughs> 
you know? That's harsh. But it's true. It was. It was like a punch to the gut. And I was like, ah, but it's so true. You can't want it more for your client. You can't want it more for that provider. That's huge on the the MLM business side. Huge. It's so massive, that statement. So many people I try to drag across the finish line, but you can't want it more for them. They have, that has to be an internal drive. Yeah. Um, and that's like quit. Tr- Cause you know, when you're trying to drag people across the finish line or you're trying to motivate people to do what they said they were going to do, it's a drag for everyone. It's a drag for you. It's a drag for them. Time waster. It's a time waster. And I think you said that just on the podcast we were on together a few minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, time is your most precious energy. And that's what you got to start thinking about when you want to scale. It's almost like you said earlier, you're not working with the clients that you're trying to motivate and give a pep talk to. You're looking to to steer the car, help steer the car, but not be the engine. Mm -hmm. And whether it's network marketing or the business that you're building now, it's like you'd rather lead one really solid good client versus trying to drag a hundred. Because that is a tough business that I would say most people don't want to be in right <laughs> yeah you have to come to us with the vision yep we can bring it to life we can tease it down and maybe make it clearer but that initial thing has to come from you and that's how when it matters to you that's when you will stay with it through the ups and the downs, the thick and the thin that comes along with scaling and growing and making mistakes and learning from them and having to hire people and let go of people and all of that, that comes along the journey that comes along with it. Yeah. Um, I think that's a huge, a huge piece. So, um, so let's pivot just a a touch. Lisa, you said something um, when we were chatting in our last session, uh, just about like, you've done a lot of work on yourself. Like, I don't need to read the the badass book or whatever it was. So talk to us. So so I think there's two, two tunnels to go down there. And I don't want to go super deep down, but let's let's touch on them quick. Like, what did you do to build yourself up? Because you said you guys both come from blue collar families that aren't entrepreneurial, like hats off to you all, mm-hmm. because that in and of itself is like a deeper, like a, a steeper climb, right? <laughs> um, so like, how did you go about like building yourself up to a point where like, okay, now I do run these several like very flourishing businesses. And then also, how do you choose what content, you know, you are, you're going to like consume and listen to, because I think that also is a trap people get caught up in, right? Oh, those are such great questions. I can remember when we were getting married, we we got married in small town, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. And there's like all these like hick, Mm. you know, venues that you could have. And then there was like just this beautiful golf resort panoramic windows with, you know, deer flourishing. It was just gorgeous. We were doing a, you know, September wedding in the fall and we went to all these hit places and then we went to the nice place and we were like, okay, this is a no brainer. Of course we're going, like we don't really think we even have a choice in the matter. And my mom looked at me and said, only doctors and lawyers get married at that venue. Who do you think you are? Oh my gosh. And that was kind of the messaging that I grew up with that all these successful people were here and you were always going to be here. Right. Don't get too big for your britches. And, and I can remember even in my first business, which was in the health and wellness industry, 
people would be calling. So back in the day before social media, and they wanted to hire me. They were, they saw our print ads or I went on TV, a little bit of TV stuff, PR, and they were literally calling and I would hand the phone to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't, I can't talk. To, I can't talk to them. And Eric's like, what? they're calling for you, babe. It's, it's called Lisa <laughs> P's quick fitness. Like you are the face of your brand. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm afraid I'm going to say something stupid or I'm afraid I'm going to screw it all up. Like I can't do this. It was to a point where I couldn't even talk to potential clients on the phone. And it just got to a point where I realized that it's okay that not everybody likes you. And it's okay that you're not for everyone. I went on TV right after we had Oliver mm-hmm. and it was a couple of months post C-section and I went on and some of the comments were like, oh, she's in health and fitness and look at her stomach and da, 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 da. And I was like crushed. I was like, talk about imposter syndrome. I was like, here, I'm talking about health and fitness after having a baby. And then the phone started ringing and people were saying, you're just normal. You're like me. You look like me. You talk like me. You sound like me. So I really stopped trying to, A, hold my, put other people on a pedestal. Oh, well, they're successful. They have it all figured out. They're good at this and I'm not. And then I really started to realize that I'm not for everyone, Mm -hmm. but I am for some people and I'm going to step into who I am at whatever stage I'm at and bring people along in the journey and really pull back the curtain and I think that was kind of how it started. And having you, you were always a very big, babe, you got a, the roles are almost kind of flipped. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of interesting. Seeing, seeing Lisa now, the dynamic that she has, she wasn't that way before. Um, just coming, coming out of her shell and, and seeing her own true worth and seeing how important it is for her to get in front of people and talk to people. Um, back to Craig's question, I think, you know, you so more than me, but in terms of like how to choose the content we digest. Oh yeah. I didn't get there yet. Go ahead. You I'm, take, I'm, I'm, you taking, take I'm bringing her back. I'm bringing her back. <laughs> I can see you that. Know? I can see how it works. Yep. Yeah. So puff, 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 like, puff, give. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're a, you're a huge proponent for me because I kind of follow in, in Lisa's footsteps. Um, I'd like to kind of get your, your input on how you think you chose the mentors you chose. Um, I went all business first. So I thought I didn't know what I was doing. I needed the skills. And then once I learned all the skills, I learned that phrase that you don't have a business problem. You have a personal problem that's spilling over into your business. And then I went down the whole path of personal development, confidence, worth, inner critic, imposter syndrome. I realized that the voice that was in my head was not my voice. It was my mom's voice. It was Mm -hmm. teachers that criticized me. It was coaches that said certain things to me. I realized the way I was speaking to myself. And when you don't have self-worth and you don't value yourself, you don't charge what you're worth. Mm -hmm. You don't put yourself in rooms where you're making moves. You don't apply for big stages to go and speak to because you don't think you're worthy enough. And then you put this death grip on your success that this has to be successful or else if this launch fails, everyone's going to know I'm stupid. Everyone's going to know I don't know what I'm doing. Everyone's going to know that uh, who do I think I am? 
And I had to really rewire that internal voice and those internal messages. Mm -hmm. And that was, I actually went business first, Mm -hmm. but then I went down the route of uh, fixing my mindset and fixing the way I speak to myself. And that changed everything for me. It wasn't, I didn't need another system or strategy or skill. I needed to change my internal critic and what I thought I was capable of and where I was putting myself in those situations. So I have like full body chills from the last five minutes. That was ridiculous. And basically summarizes like a whole chapter of our book on personal development and self image, right? Personal leadership and personal development. Cause we've always viewed it as like the main entree in so many ways. We entrepreneurship, it is literally one of the best personal development platforms in the entire universe. And you get to build a business simultaneously. Um, But so many people view it as the a la carte, right? And I think what's so interesting is the intersection for you two. You're brand experts, you're brand gurus. And you talking about that video, you know, being on TV and getting such harsh feedback from people, but then having people be like, oh my gosh, a real authentic human being who just had a baby and is showing up, like that is what people resonate with. But we get so good at trying to just like, please everybody, everybody's our target market. And meanwhile, we are missing those like calm, steadfast people raising their hands and be like, no, I want the real you. That's what I actually relate and and connect with. And so I think it's really helpful to go down the branding, branding alley too, and just talk about like, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people make when they're trying to brand themselves and like do content on social media, Um, especially as a side hustler, if you could speak to that, because I see a big challenge for people is they're, you know, starting their side business, they don't quite believe they have a brand or that they are their brand yet. There's a lack of belief in that in itself. So I think anything that you could speak to would be so helpful for people. Yeah. Or they're trying to say that they're like CEO of the world and they like do all this stuff. And it's like, you haven't actually done that. So just like, you know, I remember when I was, until you make when it. I was, I hate that. I really yeah. dislike that phrase. <laughs> and I remember when I was, a lot of times I was like, we will get back to you. And I remember someone was like, are you, do you, and I'm like, no, it's just me. And they're like, okay, then you should write, I will get back to you. And I'm like, oh yeah. Like even me, I was like, well, I'm going to say we, because it's going to sound like I have this big company and like, just be who you are. And I think you don't have, so I would distill it down to, you don't have to be the expert of your entire industry. You have to be the expert of like one topic or one or two things or, or whatever it is. And you don't have to be 5 million steps in front of somebody. Mm-hmm. You could be five steps in front of that person and help pull them along to make one, that next decision. You don't have to tell them how to make a hundred decisions. You have to help them through just that next pot around that next pothole. So I think we think we have to be these big experts and these big gurus and we have to know everything. You don't, you you have to be an expert of one thing or be able to take them one step in a different direction. And I think perfection is so unwatchable. Like, I think we think we have to have, we have to say the most perfect thing and our background has to be set up perfect and our hair and makeup has to, you know, ladies has to be perfect. 
some of the content that lands the most is when you're sitting in your car after the gym with your sweaty hair and something hit you while you were in that yoga class or you're out walking the dog and something hits you and you want to share it. And you're sharing that message in the moment or you're, you're, you're just showing up whoever you are in that moment. That's the realness and the humanness is what people connect to, not the perfect and pretty and, you know, planned out kind of content. So many people say, I'm not going to go live. I don't look good. Or I'm not going to go live. My background is X, Y, and Z. Nobody really cares about that. As long as your content is good. As long as you can share one tip that moves people along, show up, mm-hmm. show up as you are. What, what would you say? Yeah. And sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's even more work or harder to fake that, you know, like mm-hmm. to, to yeah. feel like you have to be a certain way mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Otherwise people aren't going to resonate with you. But then what, what happens there and what people don't realize is that when you're always that way, when someone then wants to work with you and gets on a zoom with you and you don't look that way, there's a complete disconnect. And then you lose that trust, that trust that you've built and you work so hard to position in front of social media because you want to be perfect. They all put a Zoom with you and they're like, who the hell are you? Yeah, or you share the times when you've made a wrong decision or something didn't work out. You know, we've all had that friend where they're like, hey, I'm doing this thing. And you're like, "Mm mm-hmm. And you're like, how long is that going to last? Like, you know, they're going to quit or, you know, but when you see that person, that's like, oh man, boy, did I get my butt kicked on this, but I'm still here and I'm still making content. Oh, I made the worst decision. Here's how this happened. Don't do this. Here's what you should do. It's like that underdog story. Yeah. When people can see that you're consistently showing up, you're, can, you're on the live call, whether there's one person or there's a hundred people. Yeah. You're doing the webinar, whether it's two people or 2000 people, right? Because you're secure in who you are and you're confident in what you bring to the table and what you're doing. That's what people want to get behind. Then the, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm not going to do that because there's only two people signed up. I'm just going to cancel it. You have no idea who those two people are. They might, they might know that one person that that door is going to, you know, unlock for you, or they might refer 20 people to you. So I think it's, it's, we, we place these vanity metrics, right? Or we place these metrics of, I need to look perfect. Um, I need to have all these people there. Brendan Burchard, a mentor of mine said, don't let your small business make you small minded. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. It's like you show up and you're consistent and you will get that momentum. The only way your business isn't going to work is if you quit on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just like my big thing is just represent what you have done and what you can do. You know, if you're like, I help companies go to a million to 10 million. It's like, great. Tell me how many companies you've helped do that. Because if you've never done it and the answer is zero, like why, like you're so out of your depth, like switch to where your depth is and then like provide like real, ser- real service. And, um, yeah, yeah, there's just so much to be said for that. I, I, it's just really frustrating when I see just fancy things on LinkedIn. I'm like, I don't know what that person's done. <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. It's yeah. not always what you see isn't always what you get. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so talk to us just a little bit about how um, you've mentioned coaches, you mentioned paying a lot of money for coaches, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think you threw out 30 grand or whatever, like talk to us just a little bit about how do you find a good coach or mentor, you know, how have you guys done that? And then maybe we can, we can probably wrap up because I think we're pushing up against our time frame again. I, I can see. So, yeah. Yeah. So I went down uh, the online business route. So I knew that what I was doing as a fitness instructor, working trading dollars for hours while I was working as a nurse was not going to get me where I wanted to be in right. my life with having now a small child at the time. Mm-hmm. I was just working longer. I wasn't working smarter. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to learn how to build an online business uh, but when I got in there, it was very cookie cutter. And a lot of the way they were telling us to sell and the things they were telling us to do, I was like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really like that. That doesn't really sit right. right with me. So I took the good from that. And then I was like, man, I got to get in a room. And, and, in, and in that course, actually, that group coaching program, I was probably the most knowledgeable in the room. And I'm like, crap, not, I a, good, get, not a good sign. <laughs> no, I'm like, I got to get in a room where I am. I am the least knowledgeable. I got to get in bigger rooms with bigger people. So I made the jump and I went into Brendan Burchard's mastermind. Um, and that, that I was in rooms with eight figure earners and just, just incredible people that were so generous and willing to share. And literally we had like, I had just enough money saved to go into that mastermind. It was like 65 K or something crazy. It was like my life savings, but I was like, I can't. That's, and that's, that's awesome. I mean, that speaks to so many things. Like I would love to, that was like a, that's like a 30 minute tangent right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I just want to put a cliff note on it. Like that you invested $65,000 into be in a networking mastermind group at a yeah. very high level. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. And then, and then I went more personal development again. Then I got mm-hmm. in with Bo Eason at 30K and we're still with him every year. So, so one of the questions I have though is how did you know like, okay, I want to do this one and not these other ones, Yeah, right? there's so many. Because, and then there's so many like coaches out there, right? And we don't do a lot of just like coaching where we just charge people like a fee or whatever. We help people build yeah. businesses or use systems. But like, I, I just think there's a lot of people that need mentors. And like right now I'm starting I'm co-founding a tech company. Right. And it's really interesting. We did our first pitch to a bunch of, we got to do the sharks thing. And it was like, all goes back to like the confidence. Like if you told me I was doing that five years ago, I don't have the, con- now it's like, let's rock, you know? And if I look yeah. like an idiot, that's cool. Cause I'm excited either way, which kind of how it went down, which is great. <laughs> but the, um, the bottom line though is like, okay, now I need yeah. a tech, a mentor in the tech space, but they better have built a 50, $100 million business. So I got to go find those people, which is, which is real scale up for where most people are at probably. Yeah. Just that was, maybe that to was walk perfect. us down and how do you, how do you drill in for people? Yeah, that was in the simplest way. That was Brendan for me. I'm like, he is the guy in online marketing. So I want to learn from the best. For Bo, he runs a family business and he's very open about, he'll share how he runs the business while he's parenting his three kids, while he's working with his wife. Gotcha. And that was really important to me to have a mentor because sometimes other mentors would say, yeah, you just do this with the kids and then you just did it. And I'm like, that, the kid. Like you don't do that with the kids. kids or, don't like, do, do you actually have kids? <laughs> or they don't have right. kids. Right. So the or second, they don't see the kids that they do have. hundred percent. So family is really important to us. Mm-hmm. So we wanted a mentor that had family that was equally as important mm-hmm. as the business that we were running. So I think the skills are so important. hundred percent. Find the person that is doing or has done exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. Make sure they have the proof or exactly what you need. Exactly. Make sure they have the proof. 
Yep. And then if there's that next level for you probably has something to do with your lifestyle because money isn't really maybe the big driver anymore. You've made the money. Now you, you want to make sure that your life is aligned to how you want to live in family was important to us. And that's why we wanted that mentor that could teach us about yes, running your million dollar business, but also not sacrificing your family and your relationships in the process. Mm -hmm. So values are so important too. Um, It's a lot of vetting. It's a lot of not being afraid to ask questions and trusting Mm -hmm. your gut. Right. You know, if you get that icky, weird feeling that something just seems off, I think, you know, you know, they're not a right fit and you should keep looking. Yeah. I think that's all, all really well said. I appreciate that because those are big investments. And if you are going to find somebody to help you level up, some results driven data is really, really important. And that gut feeling, that intuition, which I don't think people turn up the volume on that enough. So I appreciate you speaking to that. Um, One thing I know that you both coin yourself as, is as disruptors, right? And like no BS, which I love, love, love. So as we wrap up, is there any like closing remarks or grand finale, like (laughs) for people in the entrepreneurial space, just as a, as a point of disruption, like not to always do things the way they've always been done. Like that is my least favorite mindset right there. But like for anyone new-ish on their journey, like what would you instill or impart on them that might be a little non-traditional or counterculture? Mm. Hmm. That's a great question. Mm. I don't have it right now. It's coming. What's coming to me is build, build the thing or do the thing that you wish you had. We we've gone through programs and we've done things and we're like, man, if somebody would have just done this, oh, maybe we should be that somebody. Mm. If this program would have right just had right on. Oh, let's put that in our program. This was really great, but they missed this. Okay, we're gonna make sure we include that. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to what other people are doing. And if it's not already, if you wish it was saying, oh, I wish, you build it, you do it. You create it, you add it, or if it's not you, you partner with someone who does that to bring that experience together. That's kind of how we started building our company is we were mm-hmm. like, man, I wish somebody just did this. Well, why don't we do that? They really need this. Instead of adding it on, let's just make it part of the proposal and part of the package. Yeah. So I think we, we think it has to look a certain way or be a certain way. And we're hoping somebody else is going to create it or someone else is going to give us the answer. You have all the tools to create whatever that thing is. And who cares if someone extreme ownership, right. On in another way. I mean, that's where our book came from. It's like, man, we always have wanted this magical book out in the world. And it's like, well, why don't, why don't we just write it? Like write a book and maybe someone will like it. I love playing devil's advocate too. Yeah. Like yeah. every, everyone's saying this is this. And I'm the one that comes in with the content and goes, actually, I don't agree with any of that. And here's yeah. why. When you can challenge the way people think, mm-hmm. ooh, people start paying attention. You know, mm-hmm. can you play devil's advocate on something? Because you truly believe that's yeah. not aligned with your values and how you want to do things. Get your mind to start thinking. Everyone's going, I'm always thinking everyone's going this way. How can I go this way? Mm-hmm. Right? It's like that red ocean, blue ocean. Everyone's over here in the red ocean strategy. How can I disrupt and go in the blue ocean and start something new? 
or how or think a different way? For for me, um, it's going to be think bigger. I think I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes we get caught in just seeing what's in front of us and just staying right there instead of just jumping out and just going, you know, who cares? Think massive and then just take one tiny step to starting that thinking, projecting that way. Mm -hmm. So as an exa- really quick example, like we've, we always had this dream of our backyard being our sanctuary. Uh, we have this fairly large property. It's not massive, but it's like 65 by 210. So a decent sized property. And we both envisioned like what we wanted it to be. We wanted a, you know, a hot tub. We wanted this beautiful deck. We wanted this beautiful fireplace area that we can connect with people and our friends and our family and be able to, to have this really passionate backyard that we can just live in. And on paper, it was damn scary. Yeah. <laughs> Number was damn scary. And I, and well, we, but I just said, you know what, the first step though is just seeing it, drawing it just up. seeing the vision. And I took the first step, I put to the phone and I called a landscape designer. And I said, how much is it going to cost to put this on paper? And it was like 500 bucks. And then here's my 500 bucks. We have that dream backyard now. Mm-hmm. It took two years. Yeah. And a lot of sweat and money and passion but it happened. And I think people don't do that enough with their business and their business mindset. Get the well, vision. Well, that short-term thinking, because I can't have it now, I'm not even going to take a step in the direction, right? Or, and- yeah, or they just look at one thing. Oh, it's way too much money. Forget it. Yeah. I'll never be able to do that because it costs too much money. Uh, don't think that way. Think about how can I start here and then get to that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. the whole, you don't need an elephant in one bite. How can I versus I can't, yeah. right? The brain yeah. at least opens up and the creativity starts to flow. Your backyard yeah. sounds like paradise. Yeah, what the heck? Where's our invite? <laughs> we got to come over. We got a fire said, pit. No, no, I got to prove it. Come on. 65 by 210. I have no idea what that is. Is that in inch, centimeters? Like what? what kind <laughs> yeah. of- <laughs> That's feet. That's feet. Hold it's, on. It's uh, like a, it's like a football field. Here yeah, oh, amazing. And all the yeah, all the kids in the in the neighborhood tend to just kind of flock. We're like the mother yeah. head yeah. of, of there. Well, but it's it's yeah. been one super wonderful being with you all. Oh okay, there we go. That's where it started. That was where it started. All right. I'm I'm getting there. Give me one sec. Yeah, I want to see the finished product here. Yeah. Well, one one of the things that we talk a lot about is just like helping people stay focused on what matters most. Um, and I think you guys have absolutely done that. Oh, beautiful. That is amazing. I yeah. love it. We love it. The lighting alone. Yeah. We need to get that going in our place. Yeah. We've got some of the oh, patio and the nice deck and stuff, but we got to get the, we got to get the lighting going for sure. Yeah. Um, awesome. Thanks for being with us today, guys. It was a ton of fun to explore and I uh, can't wait till you come to Wisconsin and uh, we do some fun things together sometime soon, hopefully. Yeah. And where, where can people find you too? Where's the best way to, to connect with you, access your content? Lisa, yeah. you run a, a fiery podcast. All the content I see you put out is just like, again, no BS and just real and authentic. 
I love it. So where can people find all of this? Yeah. So the personal brand with the podcast and the books and all of that is at lisapizik.com. Same thing. All our social handles is just my name, Lisa Pizik. And then infinitedesignhouse.com is the agency where you can see all the work that we do and all our branding, yep. all our branding and all our stuff. Um, and yeah. This was so awesome. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. We had a blast with you too. Thanks for building the dream there for us at the end and the audience and audience. Again, you don't want to go metal just on listening to content, but implement, take notes, actually go apply in your life and definitely follow these two on social. And I hope everybody enjoys the grind. Take care. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review and be sure to visit tandemconsulting.co backslash talks.